Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. On this podcast, we like to discuss topics around creating and capturing demand in higher education. Uh, before we jump in, I wanted to give a quick brief and shout out to our sponsor, Concept3D. Concept3D has served uh, served over 600 happy customers in higher education with our best-in-class interactive maps, virtual tours, and event calendars. We help bring your campus to life virtually. Improve your campus communications, student engagement, and recruitment with our powerful virtual solutions. My name is Shiro, and I will be your host today. Today, I'm super, super thrilled to have Aaron Stein join us. Aaron is a leader in higher ed with experience in admissions, enrollment, and more recently, EdTech. She's currently serving as the Regional VP of Education Solutions at Motomatic. Thanks so much for joining us, Erin. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. And before we jump in, I love to ask this question, what do you love about higher ed? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the first thing, I mean, you have to say the students first. Um, I think so. for so many of us, we're drawn to higher ed um, because our journey to hire it itself, um, certainly for me as an individual, was so impactful, um, both the experience of getting there, the experience I had there, um, the, the changes I had, you know, and everything from my worldview to the opportunities I had working on and being a part of a campus. Um, so love being able to help students um, make, that, make that journey as well. But, but for me, the other big thing is just the people who work within the higher ed space are incredible. Um, whether you're on a campus or working for a company that um, is at adjacent, um, just incredible relationships and conversations. And one of the things I love about my work now is um, there's just so much to do. The world has changed so significantly. Um, we're facing changing demographics, changing challenges, and um, work that also helps those people who work on campuses to support those students. Uh, not just to make lives easier, but to really make sure that um, there's great pathways for those people who are so invested in those students to spend that quality time and maybe not get bogged down in some of the day-to-day -day lifts. So um, love thinking of ways that we can really smooth that pathway um, for colleagues who are working um, within institutions today. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I, I want to jump into some of the topics we discussed previously. Um, I know one that you work with Modematic today, uh, as well as just something that you you strongly believe in. But a lot of students, they start their journey, you know, whether it's understanding or awareness around an institution or a school, and then they might never show up on class and day one. And I think one of the topics we talked about was how how can schools and universities recapture and reconvert students that have gotten and if you want to start off by defining what you mean by stuck, I think that'd be helpful for audience too. Yeah. Um, so, it, uh, so stuck or a stalled student, um, what I mean by that or what we might mean by that um, where I work at Motomatic is, is a, a student who maybe has a step in front of them, an action to take, and for many, many reasons might not be taking it. Now, this could look a lot of different ways, right? Um, it happens within the enrollment funnel. Someone is excited enough to fill out an application, but maybe they don't get all their materials in. Or 
they might even get as far as being admitted, but they don't take that final step to attending. Um, or even as you mentioned, right, someone, someone might be attending and they step away. Um, and so they're no longer moving through their educational journey. And um, what we see, um, not only in the work that I do, but actually this was just, this popped up if, if you haven't seen it, um, Inside Higher Ed and the Chronicle um, just ran articles on it, but there's, there's a lot of barriers in a student's way, right? There's um, the financial aspect itself, but there's also this list of just psychological factors, especially now that might also be present. So a student might quote unquote be getting stuck um, because the educational journey is hard and it's, they're stressed about it. Um, that there is opportunities to um, get a job and make money in a different way. Um, that maybe they're not sure about um, what they want to do. So taking the mm -hmm. step forward to a class feels really overwhelming. And um, within those different factors, I, I think one of the first things a school could do is unpack what are those factors that are particularly impacting your students? Um, and how can you address that, right? It's not just, hey, take this action, take this action, take this action, um, emailing over and over again, but how can you speak to a student to say, here's what we think might be um, in your way or challenging you in this moment, um, and here's how we might be able mm -hmm. to help you get past that moment. Gotcha. And are there ways to understand like the right questions to ask or understanding what challenges students are going through? Yeah. So I, I think one, um, one of the first places is just ask your students, um, talk to a, um, an <laughs> right. institution the other day. I, I know it sounds so easy, but they were, um, right. It's right. It's, it's one thing to ask. It's another to take the time and energy to capture, um, and really be able mm -hmm. to unpack and understand. Um, so I think that can be really key. Um, I'll also say that, um, you know, and maybe it helps just to get a little more background of where I'm coming from in this conversation. At Botomatic, um, we work in this space of stuck installed students. So if someone isn't taking a step forward, how do you get them to mm -hmm. change their behavior and do that thing? And our background is actually as a motivation science company. So um, we're specifically unpacking those psychological factors to try and speak to a student directly. And we're doing all of that via social media. So um, we're specifically reaching out um, on a school's behalf to students who might have, you know, have been identified as having gotten stuck somewhere to be able mm -hmm. to um, share and hopefully address some of these challenges that they might um, ultimately be facing. Um, so I think also just other things um, to keep in mind within that are, um, you know, not just asking them, but, but really, really leaving open the question, like not just this is what we need you to do, but like, what do you need from us? And this gets really challenging, I think, in offices that are overtaxed, that they have just these long lists to do. But I feel really inspired by how this thinking is being revamped and reevaluated when I hear things like um, a community college I was talking to the other day said to me, we do this full court press for an action right around the deadline, right? Like that's all we can do is gather our energy right. and say, now's when we're doing the call campaign. Um, even if we get a couple people, we're doing it now because the deadline's next week and what they could at least articulate and recognize was, 
we actually don't want to be doing that. We want to be reaching out to students in a timeline that will actually be more helpful for them to give them the time and space in order to um, be able to really think through these various challenges to offer um, um, to offer our services, not just the, when we need the action, but when do they need the information in order to thoughtfully and purposefully take that action. That's very interesting. And are you like delivering some of that information that students need through social media? Like in my head, like I think, you know, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, I'm thinking like, like hype videos, right? Energy videos that like help. <laughs> yeah create excitement around an institution maybe it's showing game day or showing like a really cool like physics lecture or something right are, are you also like getting into the weeds of like process like hey like so this is your deadlines coming up like I'm, I'm curious like what kind of content you're able to deliver when you're talking about that yeah so um first of all like i love where you went immediately with the high energy and the attention right. getting part right like we certainly um, want our contact content to feel relatable and feel mm -hmm. um, like it's 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 sort of seamlessly blending in in a, in a way that's like drawing you to it. Um, we're working on these different principles. Uh, every all everything we're putting out, right? It's one thing to be like, "This is so cute. This is a cat driving a car," but that needs to connect to something, or it needs to connect to an action or a feeling or something that might motivate and help someone. Um, ultimately change their mind in this space. So mm -hmm. we're absolutely thinking of it in that way of um, content that might might really um, feel natural and native for someone to see. The other thing that's exciting in our work that we're doing, and, and for so many schools out there, right, you have these huge lists of students, most likely, that raise their hand at some point, right? Like, if I see something, I, I went to undergrad at um, the Rochester Institute of Technology, I, I know RIT, so when it pops up in my feed, I say, oh, oh yeah, what are they, what are they up to now? Um, mm -hmm. And so there's already this baseline familiarity, which makes it feel, I think, um, uh, sort of like an extra excitement to see, oh, I wonder, I wonder what is going on with that. And so this like nudges along the path to get a student maybe to go back to taking that class they might have left or thinking, um, that you know this was something I, that was really present in my mind at one point how you know what do i need to do to get there and laying those little breadcrumbs out for them in a way that feels um digestible that feels like it's something they they could do i think are some of the things that um, are really key in making content that feels um, like something you would want to engage in and i'll say i always like framing this from you know, right, I could I could talk about the work I do all day, but I love hearing um, reactions and responses from institutions. And so right. um, someone said to me recently, you know, right, what if you're looking, um, you're hoping to have um, more students apply and you, they've gone far enough to inquire, but you're trying to push them to apply next. You, you cannot email them every single day, um, nor would you want to to say apply now, right. still apply. I mean, sometimes that happens, I think, but you don't want that. You might, you might not even really want to do that weekly, but right. you can really use social in a different way to uh -huh. sort of gently nudge and be present and sort of humming along in the background. It's the thing too, we're all accustomed to this, right? We know, right. We, we see it every day. And so right. um, sort of that gentle reminder, I think of it as, I think also makes it um, 
a, a more natural and comfortable transition. I, I just out of curiosity, I know in in a lot of student for a lot of students, friends and family are also big decision makers as well. Is that also yeah. a target audience from like a social media? I, I, I'll call it remarketing. I'm not if it's sure if it's the right term here, but is that yeah. also an audience that you keep in mind when you're trying to move the needle? We do. Like we're definitely thinking about you know how to unpack. Um, you know, these other key decision makers that might be surrounding uh, a student and a student of any age, right? That um, mm -hmm. your family might be influential in some way. Your family might need information, for example, on how to submit the FAFSA because they've never done it before themselves. And so right. are there other pieces of information that we can make present um, for a student and available for those that are supporting them? Um, that is absolutely um, a present conversation in our minds. And I think I think I, I hear more and more and I see it, a request from institutions of how do we um, involve parents and family members in this process, um, which is a very different shift than the helicopter parent of a couple of years ago. So um, right. absolutely would would encourage that. Um, but you also said something I think is, um, I, I think is really great and um, interesting to point out um, the, the idea of retargeting, um, because that's something I get asked about our work a lot. Like, yeah, cool, social retargeting, we do it. It's half, you know, we're working already. And um, huh. at Motomatic, we're really specifically working with a list of students from an institution to go to them directly, which is exciting. They've, they've raised their hand in some way. They've identified um right themselves or been a part of that community so we're able to really give them some direct steps and pathways um, in order to help them move forward got it and this just reminded me um you're not i know we've been really talking about net new students right but i believe yeah. you also assist with students who have dropped out after year one which we saw like huge number of obviously in 2020 2021 i'm not sure what year you're supposed to call the dropout year, but obviously during the pandemic, there's a lot of dropouts yeah. and a lot of schools, I feel like are missing the mark in trying to reconvert students who already attended classes for a little bit. Like how does, how do those campaigns look different from what you're doing to, yeah. to attract new students? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think stopouts, I think I see an article about them in the Chronicle every single day. Right. There's this really deep awareness of this group of students that was so um, so impacted by the last um, several years. So um, that's absolutely a group that we do a lot of work with and I would encourage schools to make sure they're taking a good look at. Um, some of, I, I guess, I actually saw an article on this just this week that one of the recommendations was, right, who are the students you can go after that would be most likely? Is that um, the most recent, the most uh, close to graduating um, and prioritizing those. And certainly with limited resources and staff, that's a place to start. Um, something that we do in our work every day is though, is because we work on a pay only for results basis, we're able to go and sort of speak to all of them, not just last semesters, not just last years, three years right. worth of students that might have stepped away um, and especially, you know, for some of these, um, the community colleges that have been so adversely impacted, large regionals, um, we're able to see some really incredible results to 
bring back dozens and in some case even hundreds of students to register for an upcoming semester. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I was trying to think back. I think you gave an example. I know you work mostly with community colleges, right? And you had a pretty significant number reconvert. So like they attended classes, dropped out or um, deferred from classes for the next year and they came back, right? And it was like quite an impressive number. I, I can't yeah, remember the I percentage mean, of the school that was, but yeah, I remember uh, you sharing those results with me. I'll, I'll give you a, a high level, a level picture. So we work with about 150 schools now, over half are community colleges. Wow. And for example, we work with um, the Wisconsin Technical System, their community colleges. We work with over 25 uh -huh. of the California community colleges. Um, we work with uh, six of the schools in the SUNY system. And we're, we're, not, we're not bringing back in a lot of these cases like dozens of students, it's hundreds of students right. um, that really need like this, this sort of um, help and push and guidance at a large scale. And that's the kind of work that, right, you and I can't sit down. I mean, we could, we could try. We can't sit down and call 5,000 people. Um, yeah. And so um, really giving schools the opportunity to sort of have a message and speak to um, this really, you know, this, this group that was just really impacted, that need, that had this super disruptive experience and mm -hmm. um, really needs some help and guidance on how to take best, best next steps forward. Um, and we're doing that on social. So it's, um, amazing. it's, it's hopefully a really easy, easy lift. And actually I, I, I have to admit one of my, my, when I was AVP of enrollment, one of my favorite collaborations and interactions was with our marketing and communications team really working in lockstep between enrollment and that team. And that's um, the really strong partnership that we also are often working with in our work at Motomatic, um, how to really combine and um, use those efforts together in order to um, really impact a group of students. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm just trying to think from a business conversation level, like, what, what are you seeing in terms of like ROI of metrics are the net, I'm assuming that reconverting and I apologize if that's the wrong word here, but yeah. I'm assuming that reconverting students is less costly than trying to get a new student to come to the school. Right. I'm, I'm curious what you, what kind of results you're seeing from um, like a, a social media marketing perspective. Yeah. So um, we do all of our work at Motomatic on this pay only for results model, uh -huh. um, which means that we're working with an institution to say, okay, um, what is, uh, you know, if we're, let's, let's use stopouts, if there's a price per uh, registration that we could help lift you, again, this is probably from a list that's been unresponsive to all other efforts. Um, what is the return we could get if they mm -hmm. attended, what that student would that in turn mean, mean to you? And so what we're able to do is um, get schools um, essentially a three, five, eight, nine um, times return on their investment as student to ultimately them coming back to them. And this, and also, I mean, we're talking a lot about publics and community colleges where the cost to the student is actually probably quite accessible in some cases with some of those out there, it's, right. it, it's even close to free, That's but the institution still needs to get their attention to take those steps forward. Um, 
And so um, it's, it's certainly, um, we're seeing just this incredible impact of students who've stopped out or at the other sort of newer term is opt out. Someone who maybe was interested enough to even apply, but never actually attended um, in order to really, really make sure to spend the time and energy to message those students, to let them know that um, they're welcome, that their fears and their hesitations can be addressed. Um, in order to take a step forward that hopefully is, is really going to be for the benefit of the student in the long run. Yeah, that's amazing. Some of those ROI metrics are really, uh, um, really, really high. So I was pretty impressed to just hear that as well. No, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insights with us today. I was wondering if our listeners want to reconnect with you somewhere. Uh, where where should they go? Um, I'm, so I'm definitely on LinkedIn, uh, Aaron Stein. Um, I'm also at Aaron at Modomatic.com. If you have any questions, either about you know what I've shared today, or or just these um, you know questions of how to better motivate a student to, to take those key steps forward, um, or just want to talk stuck or stalled students, um, would always be really happy to connect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And please catch us on the next one. Thank you, Erin. Thank you.